This podcast is meant to start important conversations about medical health. In no way is this to replace a face-to-face discussion with your healthcare professional. Hello and welcome back once again to How's It Hanging? This is your host, Paul Nelson, and we are recording from the heart of Midtown Manhattan. Welcome. Today we have a question from Carla, age 28. Carla writes, My husband's idea of intimacy is something like slam bam thank you ma'am. He doesn't even seem interested in connecting emotionally. He does always make sure I have an orgasm, but I want more. Oh, Carla, yeah, this has got to be frustrating. Um, I talk about the fact that how men learn to have sex was, uh, well, from teenage friends and porn. And the idea of sex is all about a performance. And if I do sex right, if I do all these things right, if I get hard, I stick it in, she has an orgasm, I have an orgasm, great, we did sex right, she's got to like me. And most men are desperately trying to get you to like them by doing sex right. And I I don't know what's going on with your husband, but it sounds to me like he's just received a lot of unfortunate programming about how to have sex, what sex is, and why he has sex. It is a complicated unraveling project, but it's not impossible. as long as he hears your concern and your desire is couched in loving him more and wanting him more, I think we can get him to respond. But it takes basically helping him understand how he was raised and the culture he was raised in. On his note, I just want to say what we often call this is the man box. Now, what is the man box, you ask? Good question. To answer it, I have a good friend. Mark Green, who is in men's work in New York City here, and he writes a lot on uh, men in our culture. His definition of the man box is the brutal enforcement of a narrowly defined set of traditional rules for being a man. These rules are enforced through shaming and bullying, as well as promises of rewards, the purpose of which is to force conformity to our dominant culture of masculinity. In a nutshell, what he's saying is, men are raised to learn that there are strict codes of conduct about how you feel, how you express your feelings, and how you behave in order to remain part of the man club. In other words, being a real man. What it's done is it's raised a lot of guys who live in their head, not in their bodies, and certainly not in their hearts. We have guys who then basically have to kill off part of themselves to be able to function as this idealized John Wayne type of stoic, stiff upper lip man. It gets in the way. So Carla, listen to our good friend Mike Shaw, a therapist in New York City who specializes in men's work. He will probably have some good ideas and points of reference where you can help you and your husband. Today, I'm very happy to have Mike Shaw, who is a therapist here in New York City. He's a really cool guy, and I want to be like him. I'm just, you know, I'm a little, probably 30 years too late. But uh, Mike, welcome. 
tell us a little about yourself, who you are in a nutshell, and what you do. So I am a therapist, and I am a dancer, and I am incorporating my therapeutic work with movement work to help men heal and grow from the wounds they've endured in the process of becoming a man. And I believe that every single man, gay and straight, bi, non-binary, whatever, has, uh, has been wounded in becoming an adult because of our culture's misunderstanding of what it means to be a healthy man. And I, I love it. It's really exciting to me, and I spend a lot of time exploring this in my own life and also with my clients. Wow. That, that's a, a mouthful right off the bat. Can I go back and you talk about the wounds men receive or the wound, men get wounded in the process of becoming yeah. men. So what, what do those wounds look like? What are we talking about? So they start for little boys. Uh, they start very young when little boys cry. Uh, their teachers might say stop crying. Their peers will say stop crying. Their moms might say stop crying. Their dads. So they learn very quickly that sadness is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. They learn that all these little boys are so huggy and affectionate. I've worked with um, young boys in uh, elementary school, and they're so affectionate and sensitive. And somewhere in society, somebody tells this boy, uh, you shouldn't, don't talk, um, you don't talk about your feelings. That's for girls. Okay. And... The problem is with that is that they're human. Every human being has feelings. Right, right. And if you tell a human being to stop feeling the tough feelings, they have to kill a part of themselves to live. So they end up becoming very disconnected from who they are and how they feel, and they don't have empathy for themselves and really have a hard time empathizing with others because they don't understand what it is to be uh, uh, felt as a human. Okay. So you talk about the, the feelings that are tough, like sadness, well, tenderness, compassion, being gentle, uh, being afraid. Are those the feelings you're talking about? Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, I think tenderness, uh, um, expressing any sort of tenderness also. Um, they're also taught to be afraid of other men, that mm -hmm. other men are competitors and we should never be affectionate with other men because that will question and destroy your identity as a man because of course there's a innate homophobia in that every boy is taught uh -huh. and so that is extremely problematic for a healthy person a healthy man to uh, feel that his only outlet to ever express love and affection is towards women right can't really, yeah. So, so in a nutshell then, boys are taught, if you express any of these tougher feelings, more complicated feelings, tenderness, compassion, sorrow, fear, whatever, it just makes you less of a man. Totally. And Peggy Orenstein just wrote a, a book about this. Uh, she does work, she did a lot of research with young girls about their development, and she just wrote a book about boys and their development and she said, essentially, that boys are taught to disconnect from their hearts. Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, wow, that's that's astounding. You know, when it comes to sex, I tell guys all the time we've been bred as men in America and I'm sure Western culture in general live in your head. Yeah. But when it comes to sex, it's all about being in your body. And as yeah. men, we are so unaccustomed to living in our body, experiencing our body. We like to keep yeah. our body numb. Yeah. And that's where feelings reside. Oh, totally. Yeah. Boys. And yeah, so boys are taught to yeah get out of their bodies. And you can't, they just, they get sick. They, we have all this, we have all these issues with... Um, physical health for men when they get older um sex oh my gosh Uh, so many guys i meet feel very confused with sex don't understand their partner don't understand their own bodies they're very anxious around sexual connection or just casual intimate connection is mysterious to them right yeah and not not between men and women but between men and men oh uh Intimate connection between men and men is like incredibly threatening. I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, I am I, my uncle knows me for a long time. I love him, and oh, sorry, I thought popular. this was on airplane mode. I'm so that's sorry. Okay. It's all right. You're the editor. You're the one that just made more work for yourself, not us. Yeah, but that was ridiculous. I that's okay. Like a conversation. That's okay. Sorry okay I'm fully on airport now. cool okay <laughs> and back to your uncle yeah I mean he gave me a compliment this is and this is after I've he's known me and seen me grow and explore and expand a lot and I think like a month or two ago he gave me a compliment he said you know you're just a really handsome guy no homo <laughs> he said no homo yeah yeah <laughs> It was a reflex. Cause, right, because if you're a straight guy, you're not supposed to recognize that another guy is good-looking or anything at all, right? That's, yeah. No, it's, no, that's that's just taboo. It's it's so threatening to our, 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 our like this unconscious training we've been uh, given for our entire lives, which is never don't don't ever be too close to another man right. because that will mean that will mean that you're gay, and if you're gay. That means that you're not a valid human because homophobia is so intertwined with our identities. It's, it's in, the homophobia in his case is invisible. Yeah. He doesn't even realize yeah. no. that he's homophobic. No, they don't even know. We don't know. It's not. It's not clear. Right. It's that's the, that's the the sinister nature of this problem. Is it like it becomes part of our identity? We just feel it. We know. I feel. I know. I feel threatened when I'm very physically, emotionally close to another man. So I want to get the hell away from it. And if I ever get too close. I have to make sure I get out like very quickly, which is no homo. The no homo thing is right. like, whoops, I got too close. I'm out. Just kidding. Yeah, you know? right. You know, it's, it's wow. Really, it's really and then cool. imagine the poor yeah. guy who really is gay. He's hearing yeah. this his whole life. Like, yeah. being homo is the worst thing in the world. You're right. clearly out of the man box then. Right. And so, uh, you know, of course, there's also the 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 trauma of gay men who have internalized homophobia, so they have this incredible self-loathing from the culture that tells them that they're not valid and worthy, or also their family members not accepting them. And they believe that themselves, deep down, subconsciously. There's something wrong with them. They don't even realize it. Sometimes they just suffer indefinitely, and they can't figure out why. And then, you know, uh, definitely I've spoken to gay men, and they, they came out, and their fathers, like, disowned them briefly, 
mm-hmm. or permanently, you know, and that that's a horrible tr- traumatic scar to have your the, the your your father love you and then immediately take his love away because you weren't what he expected you to be. You know, that's that's uh that's really painful and that's that's normal wow. for that's, that's for, a trauma. Yeah, so I really I have great respect uh, for this problem because it's mm-hmm. so innate. It's just so um, it's all over the place, really. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so let's let's talk about then. So, the, the average. We'll, we'll we'll talk about America since that's sort of where we are, and but I'm sure it applies to every other culture infected with Western civilization. Yeah. Um, men are taught to disconnect from their bodies, live in their heads, not connect emotionally to other men. Mm-hmm. So that leaves them free to connect emotionally only to women. Is that the is that's that the, the right idea. Thing? That's yeah, the idea. That's that we're taught uh, that the the only way you can get like those soft and lovely feelings, uh, love, affection is from women. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And so, I've heard this before, then women become this, women have to do, it's, it's such a huge responsibility for them to yeah. be your emotional support in addition to being maybe your lover, yeah. your your partner, maybe your spouse, or your, yeah. the mother of your children, whatever it is, yeah. women are taking on all these roles and all these jobs and all this work. Right. It's a huge pressure in the relationship. Right. It's an it's a, a very unbalanced pressure, and usually it causes problems. Yeah, yeah. I I often cringe. I think I told you this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking. That I all I cringe when I hear the today I married my best friend. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. You marry your lover. Yeah. You do not marry your best friend. Your best friend is somebody who's not your lover. You're not having sex with them, probably, mm-hmm. and it's you know it, it's it's someone outside that intimate relationship. But that's not a mm-hmm. less relationship; mm-hmm. it's just a different relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like no, when you marry your best friend, that person is now your lover, mm-hmm. your best friend, your life partner, mm-hmm. all the and your sex partner. It's, it really gets that that's a lot of responsibility for one person to to, to take on. That's a great point. I, I think I didn't I didn't think about that. Um, and that that's that's true. I, I've actually just specifically said that. Like, there's some women that I know that I'm like, oh, they're like so awesome, but I don't feel attracted to them, and they're my friends. Yeah. The big difference between a friend for me and like you know someone I and a lover some, and a lover is like that sexual energy. Right. You know. And right. I, I distinguish them. Right. Yeah. I don't really see anyone I'm like. Uh, in a romantic relationship with is my best friend. I've never right. thought about it. And yet we point. think, I, this is a totally different conversation, yeah. but I think we think our life partner, our lover, we shouldn't want to have fun hanging out with them. It's like we have to explain that we like hanging out with them. Yeah. Like, oh, she's my friend. Mm. Well, of course you want to hang out with your lover, yeah. your partner. That yeah. should that should go without saying. Yeah. But that gets into a different mm. man box about, oh, we're supposed to make jokes about the old lady and all mm. that. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, well, I married her, but, uh, you know. Anyway, it's just well, a that's all, conversation. Yeah, I think that's also, well, I think a lot of people, uh, just fucking speaking about, like, the old lady stuff, I also think it's a, um, so many people, so many men have no idea, well, humans in general, but especially for men, are so alienated from their own truths 
that yeah they get into relationships that they don't really want and they kind of resent their partners indefinitely i mean um infidelity is uh um more common than we than we know right and that's usually a part of like man i can't get what i want i've been told i can't ever hear my truth but i gotta get out of this and i don't feel worthy enough to actually tell my partner that i don't want to be in this relationship so i'll complain or i'll check out emotionally and then go elsewhere right you know? I mean, look at it. Jeff Bezos is a bajillionaire, and he cheated on his wife. Right. He's the most powerful dude, and he said, "I can't. I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe enough to do to tell my partner that I don't want to be in this marriage anymore." He cheated on her. It's hard. It's the hardest thing to be to like look within and say, "I this didn't work," because what does that mean? Like we have so much like fantasy about who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be and if like you get into a relationship and you get into a marriage and it doesn't work does that mean that you're a failure you're a failure at life oh absolutely you know yeah i i just i don't you know there's so many stories that keep people like in these boxes right there's not just a man box there's other boxes but the man box is one we're discussing yeah. today you know right so when it comes to men having sex period doesn't matter who or what their partner is men's relationship to their body and their idea of sex you, you can't then separate that or it, it can't escape the same set of wounds and scars and everything else that they've already experienced through childhood and puberty mm-hmm. they're now a young man they begin to have sex and they're having sex with a lot of baggage yes. of scars and yeah. wounds yeah mm-hmm. definitely so what does that look like when it comes to uh, what would be an example um uh, or signs of a guy who's having sex, but he's disconnected from his feelings, living in his head, uh, having a hard time even connecting emotionally with his partner. All right. Well, there's some like physical signs, but there's also like feeling signs. Okay. What are I the mean, feeling signs? The feeling signs is I I feel nervous. I feel really nervous having sex. I feel uncomfortable a lot of the time. I'm worried that she won't like me. Uh, yeah. I'm worried that sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just normal and natural. Sometimes you get soft if you're doing some foreplay or, you know, you're taking a break for a couple seconds to just breathe. Uh, and some men will interpret that as like, oh, my God, she's seeing me. It's not hard. And then they start really... Uh, uh, catastrophizing and then they're out they're out of right. it um, they're out of the present moment so that goes right back to what I, I talk about all the time men are in a performance mode yeah that's that's so yeah it's so I think you said something that was a, like it was really insightful to me and it's really I think it's just so spot on about getting uh, into a, a, a state of play uh, uh-huh. sexuality sensuality intimacy is play right it's uh, it's you know uh, I was re- I was listening to this um, podcast a while ago I don't remember what it was and they were mentioning that one thing that was really interesting is that when people get super intimate with each other they also get very like they get like baby like talk they get very 
like childlike with each other. They have like cutesy names and whatever. Interesting. And I've I've realized that with me. The more intimate I get with people, the more I'm just like, oh, you're the more, so cute. The more childlike you become. If you're yeah, playing, it's childlike. Yeah, it's very like playful. Kids. And it's so fun and it feels timeless. I don't think about anything. I just say things that are like authentic and she goes, oh, and I go, oh, you're so cute. You know, it's just like this, um, like this timeless, uh, safe cycle of just being uh, me, being a human that is right. lovable and loving. And I just know, uh, I believe that I am, because I believe that, which is a lot of guys don't believe that they're lovable, that wow. okay, they don't want to go to this place that's so tender because this t- this soft, like childlike place is so tender and yet so alive, so like a child is so, uh, you know, a childlike energy is so uh, optimistic and hopeful mm-hmm. and and present. That's a really, that can also be, if you're skillful and integrated human, it can also be really exciting. Right. Because that tenderness can really lead to, uh, um, if you're connected, a lot of guys are not connected to that tenderness. So that le- level of, it's really hard to have intimacy without tenderness. Right. Right. It's like, I don't know. It seems like to me impossible. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. But I just don't know how. You just said something a second ago that really struck me that I think uh, needs some exploration about the idea that guys don't feel they are lovable. Yes. And I, I think it, when you said that, I, the wheels instantly went to, you know, we were raised that guys have to be good or do good things or accomplish things to get approval from parents, friends, right. everyone. Guys are very... A reward mechanism. Yeah. If I'm this, then people will like me. They approve of me. And so our innateness for a man is my God. This is scary. Is it is like the idea that innately we aren't lovable as we are. We have to do. We have to prove that we're worth your love. Yes, men are so fragile. We our whole identity because of this uh, box that we've been uh, uh, given is built on just so many distorted truths that our identity, because it isn't connected to a deeper truth of like innate goodness, is built on this foundation that's fragile, which is like, you are not innately good. Your worth is totally connected to your money and your power. If you don't have a great job, if you aren't masterful, then you are worthless. So you better work your ass off as a man to 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 get these things because that's the only way you're going to get love. I don't know. And, and so then yeah. when it comes to sex, it's like the only way we're going to get love is to prove, look what my dick can do. I can stick it in yeah. you. I can stick it everywhere. Look yeah. what I can do sexually. Yeah. Do you like me now? Do you like me now? Do you like yeah. me now? Please yeah. like me. Yeah. So yeah, of course, penis size is also right. It's, look at look at me. Yeah. Look at yeah. there. That's my. I'm worth something. Yeah. I'm worth something. I've got yeah. a really hard, really big dick. Yeah. And if I don't have a really hard, really big dick, I am less than the other guys. Yes. Wow, right. That is so sad. It's very it's very troubling, and I I see and men with this. The I see men that like, uh, they they're so they've internalized this. The thing is, it's already a pathology as it is. Right. And then the wounds of life can amplify this pathology to the point where the worthlessness is so uh, overwhelming that mm-hmm. I have everywhere I go, I have this automatic 
ranking system and I rank every man in the room and every woman and if I'm always I'm always lesser than them unless I do something I perform something that displays my worth right every single time that is exhausting and it is normal for many men yeah Uh, you know it's listening to this I'm like not for a minute do I want to say oh men have had it so poor and poor men Uh, but the idea that this mindset hurts everybody it affects women, people of all genders. This whole idea of what, how to be a man, how to relate to a man, and, and when men are social, emotionally unavailable, right? It, it, it's it's miserable. Totally um, agreed. I think that's well it, it's said. harmed everybody. It is, but it is. I mean, and so the the conversation is really not oh poor men. It's really let's understand what's going on. Um, I get questions from partners. Uh, of men all the time like why does he blank 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 and my answer almost always it's because that's how he's been programmed right you know why can he why doesn't he why you know you talked about um the anxiety of sex uh, what um what i call the come and run oh yeah a lot of guys will have an okay time to get up there we're done with sex let's go on and and uh and uh and actually we were talking to a surrogate here on the podcast mm. and she talked about the fact that she forces the the guys to just relax uh, oh, it was Leo Leo who was doing it mm. he said that you know after the men have an orgasm he, this is interesting when it comes to consent but he really gets the guys to stay there and relax and breathe when most of them this sexual situation is just really panic-stricken, driven with anxiety. They have an ejaculation and they feel they want to run and escape. Yes. Well, it's so vulnerable. The most vulnerable I almost ever feel is 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 mid and post-orgasm when I'm just like ripped. I mean, orgasm is this like destroy it's like this unit it's this unifying energy and also this destroying energy. You know, it's this uh-huh. Kali Shiva thing, you know. It's it's just so vulnerable and Wow, of course people want to avoid that and run away if they don't feel safe, they don't feel in their bodies, they don't feel lovable. Because there's nothing stripped, there's just stripped raw. And whatever's really buried in there is coming right to the surface. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to have to have you come back because, so I, I just want to recap a little bit of our conversation right now because we've yeah. sort of like, here's the problem, all right? So men were raised to disconnect from their bodies, yeah. live in their heads. Don't feel connected. Don't connect to your feelings. Don't connect to your emotions. Have sex in this very... Uh, well, everything is this. I have to prove my worth. I'm not lovable. I'm not good as I am. I have to prove to you what I can do. Uh, if I do this, you'll like me better mindset. Mm. Uh, I'm going to have to have a second episode with you so that we can talk about, okay, where do we go from here? How mm. do we heal that? How do we fix that? How do we start combating that because that's probably a huge conversation that could go on for days. Oh yes, and the good news is there's a way to heal this. There are tools and skills that men can learn and it's it's accessible. It does take some time. I, I just I would just say that like the healing process, the growing process is a is an investment in oneself and it's also an incredible inner journey. Uh, so yeah it's definitely there's ways forward that's good news so if any of you have questions certainly feel free to email us here at howsithangingpodcast at gmail.com or you can contact Mike Shaw directly 
at Mike Shaw Therapy. Shaw has an E at the end, so Mike Shaw with an E therapy at gmail.com. He's also on Instagram at Authentically Thriving. His website is mikeshawtherapy.weebly.com. Listen, thank you so much for being with us. We will be back with more from Mike.